and then the science just kind of, you know, I just started looking at all these different pieces about how do I get under the conscious mind? It was intuitive for you. Yeah, very intuitive. And, that's and, neat. And, yeah. And so that's what, what age did you get married at? Say it again. What age did you get married at? Uh, my first marriage, 23. Okay. <laughs> married for 34 years um, and then divorced. And, and then at 57, uh, started to really blossom. I mean, it's when I moved into Manhattan and just started just doing everything. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, welcome into Vision Pros Live. I am your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And I'm excited to have Tina Greenbaum on today. Mastery Under Pressure is her topic, is her company. And, you know, if you're struggling with pressure, then obviously you're going to want to tune into this. Um, you know, if you if you struggle when you get into a pressure-filled situation, it's going to be fun to unpack from her some secrets, some tips, some strategies to make sure that you're well-prepared to deliver well in those moments. Now, before we dive into that, I also want to say we probably just had the the uh, the hardest cut we've ever had in terms of doing our little show presentation and moving in. Not Jaime's fault at all, but I do want to make sure we circle back to that because he was in the middle of her story about um, how she how her her marriage progression um, uh, transpired, and it has a lot to do as well with some professional background of helping people under pressure. So I'm excited to circle back to that. Tina, remind me, please do. Um, and without further ado, let's talk about some of these sponsors that we have. So Icon Maker Live was a phenomenal conference that we just had last week in Charleston, South Carolina. More importantly, it was virtual, and they used this virtual studio in, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in Charleston, and it's state of the art. It's like a $1.5 million studio where you got multiple rooms um, and the strategic partnership that they had with uh, with this building, with this company called Sage was awesome. And it gave us all these different screens. So as you, you had a you had a green screen behind you or a big screen where you could basically play weatherman um, and point to your presentations. You had two panels on the left and right that had the comments coming in on one side, the notes coming in on the other. And then you had a series of screens in front of you where you could see everybody participating in this conference, including yourself. And you had cameras on all sides and another guy um, walking around with his harness camera to help make sure that we got all this amazing content out of it. Um, and Icon Maker Live is run by Tom Matson and Cheryl Pluff and Danella Burnett. And all three of those individuals, when they had their stage times, delivered extremely well with what it is that they were teaching. Um, I would say... You know, I, I, I don't, ego wants me to say, don't admit this, Jackson, but I'm going to. Um, Tom Matson, with his ability to run a mastermind, talk about your dream 100, um, help entrepreneurs understand how to raise finances. My thoughts were, man, I hope I have this knowledge and expertise within the next eight years, eight to 15 years. I hope I can do this as well as he does. Um, but I got to make sure that I'm on my on the ball. I got to make sure that I'm delivering my best and able to do it. And it's not about being as good as or better than Tom. It's about being my best self. But that's how much I admire him, Cheryl and Danella as leaders in their respective fields. They're freaking amazing. Um, so I highly recommend checking out what Icon Maker Lives up to because they will run it back within six months. Um, and I'm sure they'll have some online 
progression as well. If you haven't heard of it, make sure to check out what they're doing at iconmakerlive.com. Capshow, another one of our sponsors. Capshow is ranked number one for podcast content marketing, podcast content delivery by digitalmarketer.com. So it's C-A-P-S-H-O.com. I highly recommend going and checking out. We're going to have an affiliate link in the notes. You get three credits for free. And ultimately, this isn't just for podcasters. This is for repurposing any of your expert content. So if you've done a presentation, if you've done a TED Talk, uh, for instance, you can take that TED Talk or you can take that presentation, that video file, that audio file, you can upload it to Capshow. And as you see on your screen right now, if you're watching in on this, it takes you through an interface where it's a click of the button to generate all of your social media posts, to generate your uh, blog posts. You can generate four different types of blog posts based on the need that you have. Listicles is one of them, how-tos, Honestly, I can't remember the other two types of blog posts that are super prominent, but that's also what's fantastic about Capshow is they teach you as you go. They start to show you, here's the strategy that not only we follow, but also our clients are following. Hey, by the way, we just saw Molly Mahoney and her excellent testimony on there. She was in the Capshow community uh, during while I was at the conference and I come make her live. And she was teaching a four day workshop, one hour per day of how to maximize live streams and do super well live stream and how to integrate it with your experience with Capshow. The dedication that Capshow puts into helping people win is absolutely phenomenal. I love the culture of the company. In fact, at their one year anniversary, they surprised all the podcasters who use it and they actually gave us our first review ever on iTunes, which are, or what's it called now? Apple Podcasts. Um, so that was pretty cool. I was like, man, they're really going above and beyond to make sure that we love the experience. And lastly, I would like to do the same for the water project um the water project definitely take a look and see what uh, the water project's up to go see what projects are in need right now you'll find tribes or people communities nations of 500 plus people who need access to clean drinking water who don't have it or have to walk miles and miles in order to get the water which takes kids out of school um, which removes mothers from being able to spend time with their kids. They, they have to worry more about survival um, than the, the first world problems that we get to worry about. So this is a great way to just give a dollar or $15, whatever you, whatever you can, whatever uh, you're capable of doing and aligned with your heart. Um, if you give it one of these specific communities, the cool thing is they'll also send you updates of what's going on with the progress of your specific project. And you get to watch what the community looked like before and what the community um, you know, ends up, ends up uh, achieving afterwards. And, and you get to see the effect that the smiles on their faces, the joy that they have just from getting a simple glass of water. So I hope you take the chance to, to learn more about it. Also, if you aren't in a position to donate to it, then you probably are in a position to share it unless you're driving right now. Um, if you're driving, don't do that. Maybe do it after, but please like share this with others. You never know how many friends or family members will also contribute to such a great cause. And um, as I like to say, many hands make light work. Um, so that also means many shares can do the same thing. Without further ado, um, we're going to bring Tina Greenbaum on. She is a mentor, coach, and trusted advisor, CEO of the Mastery, CEO of Mastery Under Pressure. And this is a management, a management coaching program for high-performing executives who need to refine and master their interpersonal and interdepartmental skills, not only to excel individually, but to empower their teams and associates. She's worked with athletes, artists, speakers, and other high achievers who want to be skillful at performing under pressure. She's worked, um, she's gone through programs uh, of Stephen Kotler's um, at Flow Research Collective. Um, I have a, a close personal story with, with that group. Zero to Dangerous um, is the program that she went through. 
And uh, that just kind of pulls everything between us a little bit more full circle. But when it comes to being a master of high pressure situations, um, that's not my that's not my forte to teach. Um, I'm kind of just good at it, to be honest with you. Um, and so let's bring Tina on. Let's learn how the heck you can transform your mind, your brain, your heart, whatever it's needed in order to perform well under pressure. So Tina, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate thank you being on Vision. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And where are you based out of? Uh, I am based out of San Francisco, just outside of San Francisco. But I always add that I'm an East Coaster. Grew up in Philly, lived in DC, New York for a long time. So all right, about nine years. Yeah. Cool. You represent the melting pot quite well then, uh, coast to coast. Um, <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, so Tina, I'm going to put you back under pressure a little bit as well. Um, going back into the marriage story. So you were telling me about um, your, your marriages. And the reason why is because you had mentioned to me before that your husband was a tennis coach and you were helping his players overcome, learn how to actually overcome the pressure that they faced. And was that your, was that your second husband that we were my wrapping up? Husband. Yes. Yes. Okay. My <laughs> of how many years marriage? Uh, now it's 10. It's 10 years. Ten. Well, um, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very different. Well, a lot Very of pressure in marriage, you, you know, one of 34, one of 10 years, there's a lot of pressure that builds up in there too. So if you're listening in, um, you're married, you have a significant other, then this certainly applies to you as well. Um, so without further ado, Tina, um, who should be listening today other than the, the people that I talked about? What are the circumstances they might be in? Who should they listen? Why should they listen to you rather? And what, are, what do you think they're going to get out of today's call? You know, I have one of those topics where, you know, what I teach is for everybody. <laughs> uh, but for marketing, that's certainly not the, um, you know, you know, the riches are in the niches and, and who do you who do you focus on? But honestly, I really love working with big minds. I like working with entrepreneurs, people that have big visions, that have a lot going on. They have complicated lives. They have complicated relationships and 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 people in their lives and people perhaps that they're managing. And so I've been doing this work for honestly 40 years. And over the years, I've met many, 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 many people and sat and listened really and took in what are the kind of the common themes that people struggle with? And what you and I were talking about, and one of the reasons I, I, I took Stephen's course is I was always interested in how do we actually change? You know, we could talk, 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 talk. And in my early years, I, my, my, you know, when I was a beginning practitioner, that's how I was taught. I was taught to ask questions and wait for answers and, and I did a TEDx talk um, last year, and it was called Befriend Your Inner Enemy. And Woo! it was really kind of my path as a clinician, how I started, because I used to say to these young women, I used, worked with women with eating disorders, and it was like, I hear you, but I don't feel you. And if I don't feel you, you're not going to change. So coming back to who do I love to work with, you know, what are they going to get out of today's show? Anybody who would like to perform at a higher level. You know, I work with people who are already, many are already at the top of their game. But as you know, and as certainly as I know, there's always more learning. There's always more refinement. And I like to say to the leaders that I work with, wouldn't you want to be the person where everybody says, I love working for that person. You know, I want, I want to stay here. I don't want to leave this company. 
and and my other kind of sort of they call it a stealth mission is when I work with high performers and high people in higher positions, they influence everybody else below them. So if the leader buys in, the company buys in. I was just listening to your sponsors, and I'm sure that the people that are you're working with, they have both the head and the heart. And uh, so the other piece exactly. of my mission is really people who want to make an impact, who, who have big hearts, um, big visions, so that we can spread this work. Because honestly, it's not easy to change. It's not easy to figure out. How do I do that? I have the same problems that run over and over and over and over and over again. And I just don't know how to shift them. And I, I, honestly, what I, I'm really a teacher at heart and I teach skills. I teach people how to do that. Oh, I love it. All right. And so with <clears throat> one of the things that caught me most about what you said is that you took Stephen Kotler's course. Um, and I know a lot of, a lot of, um, Hmm. self-proclaimed experts who don't take their competitors courses, uh, so to speak, you know, don't want to learn from the other gurus out there. They want to hide that. They don't want to admit that they learned something from so-and-so who's still alive or still in the same, but like, that's one of the greatest signs of somebody who's kind of losing their edge as an expert is, is somebody who's hiding and, and worried about the other math teacher who's, who could compete against them rather than the other math teacher. Yeah can provide more formula to the equation. So I'm glad you, you shared that openly. And I love that saying, I hear you, but I don't feel you. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you deliver that with, with empathy um, and with love. And I think that's a, an important thing for, if, I think if people in society learn to address that correctly with more of their relationships, it would probably create a whole lot of, of more profound relationships and understanding amongst people. So I hear you, but I don't feel you. you know, there's two things line. that you also said, Jason, you know, in terms of competition, I've lived in very big cities and I started over every time I moved, I had to start over because this was before we could do internet work. And, you know, if I left my practice, then I left my people. And I went, particularly when I moved into New York City and people said, you know how many therapists there are here? You know how many people that do? I said, do you know how many people need help? Yeah. Infinite number of people that need help. So there's no competition with this work. That's number right. one. And number two, I'm always looking for, and this is, this is a, something again for, for your people. I'm always looking for what I don't know. You know, what, what are the pieces that I've missed? You know, I have a problem. I have something in front of me. Well, I only know what I know. You know, I'm pretty intuitive. I'm actually really intuitive, but I still only know what I know. And so you might know something that I don't know. You know, if I'm moving right. my business along or, or you have expertise or you have done studies or you have, you know, knowledge that would I could just fill in the blanks. And that's actually why I did Stephen's course, because I was looking for what what is new what don't i know what haven't i studied yet you know how can i fill in the blanks so yes that's kind of absolutely <clears throat> go ahead yeah no and, and and that just draws me to the next learning you know when i go to reach for something oh if i only knew how to do this okay who knows how to do this okay where can i find it 
And then, then I'll turn around and there'll be a magazine or there'll be a book or there'll be somebody will be mentioning, oh, have you studied with blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my God. So. Yes. Well, I think uh, the, the other thing that I loved about what you said, you talked about um, asking the people, the leaders that you're working with, wouldn't you love to know that people love working with you? Um, you know, and they want to stay because of you. And, and I think that the world's going through a, a wonderful shift towards light in this regard, in that there's this, there's this old stigma that if, if people love you, they will not fear you. If they do not fear you, you cannot control them. You know, you cannot uh, then be an authority. You never want to be friends with your kids. You never want to be friends with your employees. Don't talk about religions, politics. You know, there's, there's all these rules to constrain <clears throat> and confine relationships but the job market is far more competitive and it's easier to find a job than ever before. And that's leading, I think all of that and many other factors are leading people to, uh, you know, this, what do they call it? The great transition. Um, I forget the name of it, of all the people who are moving works and jobs. But what's also, I think, happening is, is more leaders are becoming more open to what it is that you're teaching. And so I'm glad to see you online, creating videos, um, you know, expanding your resources and, and capabilities for people to learn. Because I think one of the questions that uh, a lot of the probably more so the older generations, 35 and, and older, I'm going to include myself in that. Um, they they wonder like, well, then how do you do this successfully to where you you transition from an authoritarian approach to leadership to uh, a leadership where people love you? but you don't lose control it, it, over the operation. It's a, yeah, it's such a great question. And I, have, I do have some things that I'd love to share about it. Go ahead, all yours. So I have a, I have a big background in, in group dynamics. Okay, I love group dynamics. Group, group dynamics. dynamics. Group. You know, okay. Watching people and what roles they take and who takes the leadership role and who gets scapegoated. And, you know, actually, if you, if you studied yourself in a group, you would find, you know, you would find yourself somewhere in one of these roles. I like to say that a leader has about as much room as a crease on a pair of pants. <laughs> every group loves the leader once, you know, every group wants a leader and every group wants to kill the leader off. <laughs> so you get too strong and then they're going to scapegoat you. You know, you're going to become too authoritarian and then somebody's going to go after you. You're too soft and too democratic. Then you get you're a pushover. So there's a fine hard. balance. It's very hard. It's very hard. And now, in, you know, the, in your generation and, and, and younger, we want our leaders to be authentic. We want them to be real. We want them to be transparent which is even harder because now you don't have those gatekeepers that are just keeping, you know, keeping people away from you. They want to see you. They want to, you know, they want to shake your hand. They want to know how your kids are. They want to know. So I like to think about, it's a very much like a role, like a parent. And we used to call it, you know, I worked many years ago with women with eating disorders and it was the nurturing authoritative parent. And, and you liken it to, I didn't make this up, but I, but I love it. It's like the great bear mother. Sometimes, you know, she licks her cubs and sometimes she's very nurturing and sometimes she smacks them and sends them out of the cave. Mm. It's all love. Right. It's all love. Right. So we never, so 
there's, I wouldn't say there's one always never right answer. You have to be able to assess the situation. Right. What do they need? What do they need from me at this moment in time? That's one thing. Yeah. The other thing is, as humans, we go through very, very difficult situations, sometimes very personal situations. You know, when I was going through my divorce, which is not a pretty one, I wasn't really sitting there and sharing all of the, the you know, the, the dirty laundry with my clients to make myself more real and more. But after the situation was over and I had learned the lessons that I learned from that divorce, now I could best mentor and counsel other people. Not mm -hmm. and sharing my stories as learnings and teachings, as opposed yep. to feel sorry for me. You know, you know, I'm going through a really hard time. So again, it's being, and I'll come back to the. I think the most important thing and the basis of all my work is really to know yourself. Yes. Yeah, to know thyself, to, to know your boundaries, to, to be able to hold your boundaries when you need to, to be able to be that tough leader because I said so, <laughs> because I've done the research and this is, you know, this is my position and, and this is my decision and I'm going to stand by it. And you may not be happy with me, but in the best interest of our company and our people, this is what's going to happen. Other times I may be, tell me. You know, I can shift and I can move and I can change and I can hear you. And I'm going to take what you're saying and I'm going to make it into, you know, when we're really going to do something with it. So if you don't know yourself and you don't know how things hit you and you're working from the outside in what everybody wants from you and you're not going to be authentic, you're not going to be yeah. real and people are not going to get you and they're not going to love you. <laughs> yes. I think I think that's uh, the challenge with um, teaching people who are are younger to the reality of, of self. everybody thinks they know themselves. You know, who doesn't know know themselves, um, you know, and until you don't. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know anything about myself, you know, and you go through this type of crisis. And uh, I've also I've been twice divorced um, and in both experiences. Uh, learning to to look back and reflect on you know what what did I do wrong um, in these situations what what could I have done better um, you know what lessons can I learn from this to protect my future relationships and and build those up those are the types of questions that um, I chose you know to gravitate towards um, and that's and choose to focus on because at the at the end of the day that's what I have control over that's, that's right. the one thing i can i can fully impact is what i do next so there's the situal you know there's a self-awareness and then i love that you tied it right to the situational awareness as well that that sometimes comes with practice but this is also why elite elite leaders have advisors and strategists that's, um that's and right. i say plural because they usually have a council of what do we do in this situation what are our options Different people can see different views. That's where it's incredibly important to have somebody like Tina Greenbaum or more on your side. Um, so let's look at your vision for those you serve in 30 seconds. Um, what's your vision? What's the outcome look like for these individuals? The outcome is very much of what we were just talking about, that somebody is confident, self-assured, knows themselves really well, 
is a really good listener. I think that that um, I box you in a little bit. Let me let me unbox you a little bit. So where are they at currently? And then where are they they had okay. let's paint Very the full scope okay. of vision. So I'll start with with one one of my clients who is a a CTO who is a CTO of a cybersecurity company, mm. and he started working with me. He had, when he got this position, I was the first person that he called. He said, "I want you to be my coach." He said, "I don't need the help with the technical stuff." He said, "I've got." hundreds of people behind me. I need your help with the people stuff. And the only person that really intimidated him was the CEO of the company. Mm. Now, the CEO didn't know that, but he shared that with me, that when when he would get reprimanded in some way, shape, form or another, he would go back to feeling like a little kid. Mm. <laughs> like he was being scolded by so again, because of my history as a, as, as a therapist, um, I know that territory really well. And we didn't have to spend a lot of time back there. But tell me a little bit about your parents. Tell me a little bit growing up. Well, they were, they were immigrants. They were, um, if the A wasn't good enough, why wasn't it an A plus? So this perfectionistic, uh, and he was very smart. So they expected, you know, even more of him. And so what we worked on really was how to manage that, feeling that he was feeling like he was caving. Mm. And so we could go back into some of the early stuff, but it was also kind of being able to be aware of when that happened. So in my TED talk, I, I at the end of it, I, I created a little mantra and it goes like this. It goes cut, reframe, response. Mm. So the body gets triggered before the mind. And this is the important piece, right? So again, talk, 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 talk. Okay, I'm not changing. The body gets triggered. I notice that my body is, is starting to tighten up. Okay, so what's going on? Let me just stop. I, I liken it to like a movie. You know, the movie's running. All right, let's just stop it and then go frame by frame by frame. What's going on here? Let me notice what's happening in my body and my mind and what am I feeling? What are my thoughts? Oh, I just got triggered by this guy. Oh, let me take a pause. And now how do I want to respond? How, what, how do I choose to respond? And so he just practiced that over and over and over again, just recognizing when the trigger would come. And then, then I've got lots of skills and lots of different techniques and ways to be able to manage that. So now I have access. Now I have access to my unconscious because that's where everything happens. It all it kind of runs underneath here. And so now I can have, you know, command of myself. And then that builds confidence. And so somebody said to me, I'm, I'm actually just starting to work next week with another person in his company. And he said, he said, how does, how does Christos have, um, this Zen-like nature to him. He didn't always have that. And he didn't always feel it inside. And he is a leader that everybody loves. Truly, mm. truly, truly. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna be a little selfish right now. Um, so I, uh, I had an experience that caught me off guard quite a bit uh, at, the, at the conference that I come make her live. Um, so mm -hmm. I was introducing myself 
Um, and I was, I was ready to go. Um, I usually try new things when I introduce myself. It depends on, on the room. It depends on the intuition that hits. And I found myself um, trembling and near, near crying as I was doing this introduction. And my brain and my heart are going, what the heck? What, why is this happening? Um, you know, and at the same, like I finished my introduction and I did fine, but I, I said something to the degree of my name is Jackson. Um, I grew up with my mom and five older sisters. Um, I've never fit in, but I belong. And then I continued with, with my story. I'd, I'd never said it before. I never, I'd never really kind of gotten to that thought process, but um, I, I just knew, I just had this strong feeling that, that somebody in the room or some people in the room uh, needed to hear that message. But it was like, I needed it too. It was, it was really weird. Um, but I'm like, I wasn't supposed to be trembling, you know, in this moment, I wasn't supposed to feel <laughs> caught off guard by this. I mean, I was, I was so ready to deliver this and then continue my talk with power. And I ended up finding myself um, finishing whatever it was I was saying and, and kind of lost, but more, more so than anything, just kind of like in that moment of instability, you know, like I would not have want to shoot. I would not have wanted to shoot a free throw in that moment. You know, I felt very <laughs> shaky. And, and so what came to my mind was, okay, I got to regroup. I got to reframe. I got, I was using kind of some of these, these essence, like these, these aspects to get back on track, but thank goodness the pressure had been taken off of me and was gone to the next person. But I, I remember kind of thinking, how do you get yourself centered fast? Um, you know, when, when you have that type of a moment, because I was almost more animalistic in nature yes. rather than feeling like I was in a, in a powerful state of control. I felt like I was losing control. Well, actually, so the way that I'm hearing it is yeah. you actually touched your heart and you connected so deeply to what you were saying. Yeah. You know, it was very real and it was, right. and, and, and that Super. was what came out, right? And so two things, one thing, you, when I start to cry, like unexpectedly, you know, which is kind of what you're describing, you know, mm -hmm. I have learned to say, wow, I have a lot of feeling about that. Yeah. Just being real. Huge. Wow. I didn't expect that. And then you would have pulled them in even more because you would have been so real that you didn't have to cover up. You see, our vulnerability right. is our strength. Yeah, absolutely. We have learned the opposite, especially as males. I have three sons mm. you know, and, I, and, and three with big hearts that have had to kind of navigate that world, that male world, you know, yeah. being strong and doing this and doing that. You know, but honestly, if you, if you had just, wow, that surprised me. <laughs> And then just take a deep breath. Give me a minute. Give me a moment. Yep. Yeah, this is what I want to share with you. Right? Do you feel the energy of it? <clears throat> yes. And I, I think we have an unfair advantage in that regard as males, because if we even scratch the surface, um, you know, of that people powerfully, you know, like recognize that. Um, and and um, so it, it did kind of have that effect. And I see what you're saying too, though. It would be, it would be nice to be able to 
dive deeper into into that moment. And I, I hope you, if you're listening to this and you're not at the free throw line in the championship, then do it. Go for it. Um, right. So I'm, I'm with you on that. There's a there's a healthy balance of of making. Okay, sure so that that let's, let's say that. let's just say Jackson, we are at the free throw line. Yeah. Okay, and then this comes over us. So what you might do is notice it. Wow, I'm going to come back to that. I got to yeah. come back to that because that that kind of shocked me, and I don't know where it came from, and I want to do some work on that. I I want to revisit it. Okay. So now. If I'm at the free throw line, it means that I have done this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. This is where we go back into the the flow, you know, that when you practice something over and over and over and over and over again, you do not have to think about it. Your body takes over and your body will do it. So that's why so many athletes have rituals. You know, the tennis players, how many times do they bounce a ball? They don't bounce it sometimes, maybe three times, sometimes six times. No, many times they'll bounce it three times or they'll bounce it four times. And so the body learns, the body mind learns the ritual. There you go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The body mind learns the ritual. Okay. You just take a moment, take a breath. Okay. And then you do your thing. Interesting. yeah. Oh, that's Not so neat right. because as a kid, you know, you learn the rituals by watching people or you learn the rituals because the coach tells you to learn the ritual, but you don't necessarily know the why. And so if if you're in tune with this ritual centers me, right, if you know that, then it allows you to program much faster to be in aligned with your state of success. That's right. And that's how the athletes, you know, get to do these repetitive things and do it. So, if you, you know, I'm out here in San Francisco and we, I love basketball. And, uh, you know, if you watch Stephen Curry or you watch this one or that, you know, that you watch the rituals, how many times they do this and how many times. And it's just uh, because honestly, what happens is it quiets down the chatter side of the brain. When you practice something over and over and over again, in the beginning, you're thinking it. If you think of a, of a beginning driver, you know, they have to look in the mirror. They have to do that. They have to think. I just got a new car that has a new kind of way of, you know, the, you know, changing the, the gears. And so a forward is park, you know, back is, is drive. You know, now I've been doing it about 30 day, days and now it's becoming more automatic. Mm-hmm. Think, think it and then let the brain take over over time 30 to 40 days to create a new habit and then we can start to depend on it we don't and then that frees our mind up to do other things i love so, it it's just yeah all kinds oh, of really cool. great stuff. well awesome <laughs> thanks for diving in with me on that and uh yeah. let's shift gears dramatically um let's go right into what's your worst business experience ever tina well unfortunately they came in a series <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, 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 you know, kind of the, the, the worst possible things that could happen at one time. So when I moved out to California, I started, I was, well, let me just back up just a teeny bit. When I, for all the years that I was married, I was in private practice. And every time I started, you know, I moved, I started over another private practice. Right. And when I got divorced, I knew and I have a very entrepreneurial mind. I knew that if I didn't scale my business, I could never retire because it would always be one on one on one on one on one. 
So I started this journey on how to scale my business. And the first amount of money that I took, I, I took Harv Ecker's um, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And then I started doing trainings and coaching and this and that. And then I moved to California and I had already started this tennis business with my husband and in New York. And we were starting to get it off the ground when I came here. I'm not that great of a tennis player. You would never look at me and say, oh my God, where did you learn to do that? And so it, it kind of wasn't working. So I started to switch over to, people started to ask me, can you teach this in business? Um, the same skills, you know, the sports psychology skills. And Anyway, so I, I did that. I had a bookkeeper that I was still using from New York. And um, I get a notice one day from the IRS that um, I'm being audited. So I sent her note and she says, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. About. She was way out of her game. I didn't know oh, it. No. I, I thought she was handling it by January. Now it wasn't just an audit thing. Now it was um, in the hands of the, the court because we hadn't answered the thing. So I had that going on. Right. Then in my pursuit of scaling this business, Again, I'm looking like who's going to who can help me now. I'm not a little kid. I'm like 60 something years old. It's like I don't have years and years and years and years. You know, if I have somebody helping me do this and then this and then this, theoretically, the business would have taken off. My mistake was the coaches that I found and the people that I found were people who had been very successful in their fields, but were starting a new, a new business, you know, a new thing. So there was a woman who was a great speaker. She was starting a speaker bureau. So I gave her a thousand dollars, you know, to represent me as a speaker that her business went belly up. Then another guy had these great visions of blah, blah, blah. That went belly up. So here I was in with the IRS and these people that I was giving all this money to that didn't deliver. And I, I, I do my work, you know, and, and if, I, if I'm being taught somebody and somebody gives me homework, I do it. And I'm doing this stuff and I'm doing this stuff. And, I'm, and, then, I, and then I hired another guy, even more money, you know, who was who just so incredibly successful and you know, just pieces of the business that I picked up. So what I, so by the time I finished, I was $40,000 in debt between the IRS and the money that I had given to these coaches that didn't deliver. And I was mad. I was like, really, really, really mad. It's like, I don't usually blame people because I, I, you know, where did I go wrong? What did I, you know, what's my part? What did I miss here? The lessons that I learned was and i and i'm still having to be very cautious of it is um the the next red shiny object the next person that's going to be able to take my help me take my business to the heights of my vision which is to impact i don't have a number on it but i i truly believe that if people learn these skills it's the key to world peace literally 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 right so I have a very big vision and I have courses that I've created. I have a three month course that I created and all the marketing and, and, you know, the high end people and, and all this kind of stuff. There's so much to learn. Yeah. 
I really, really want to impress that to be, you know, I did my private practices. I would shortest it took me was seven months. The longest was a year and a half. I got them up and running and I never had to do another thing because I had the referrals coming in. But to actually scale this business, I was way out of my league, really, in terms and then and then comes the internet and all the content and the blogging and the LinkedIn and the this and the that. And it's like, all I really want to do is this. <laughs> I love what we're doing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And and so and yet I, I have a very big vision. I just keep going because that's just who I am. So um, yeah. th that was the worst period in my business. And then little by little by little, I just pulled back, um, got a different bookkeeper accountant and just started to take my time being very aware of this tendency of mine to think that somebody's going to help me get there faster. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to go as it's going to go. You know, there's a wonderful book called Who Not How. And yes. it really is who you know, and and the, and the um, relationships that you build. I just had a situation with one of my kids, and we needed some really big help. And just by my changing gears and building these fabulous relationships that I have, uh, we were you know the ambassador to here and this person to that, and I get all these people that were that were kind of coming in to help us, and and that was just from changing gears and just being me and helping where I can and, and trying to get the best, best help and being very mindful of my pocketbook. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you, um, you brought up so much wisdom and truth in what you just talked about by sharing that vulnerable story about the four people that you hired, the, the shiny ball, um, aspect, pro, you know, probably being a part of that, um, and then also sharing the book, I will caution many of you. I love the concept of who not how, but I have my own take on that saying, and it's very important for many of you to hear. And that's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, and then it's what you know. That's right. And I can't right. stress that enough. You have to know your stuff because if you get in front of that who and you fall on your face, you're toast, you're done. So you still Absolutely. have to know. Um, or have to be able to have the discipline to figure it out. Um, and so those, those are really important concepts. Who, not how, yes. and then and then how. Um, yeah, and then the yes, I made that assumption. But yes, if you're not at the top of your game, yeah, forget it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are people yeah. that will help you. I mean, you know, you have to want to grow. You have to want yes. to help people you have to want well and, and you didn't make an assumption you you gave a, a full formula you know a full a full aspect it's just it's something that i don't ever hear talked about which is why i coined the term um I was, I was like this is something that especially young people um a lot like myself um when i was younger and i was very talented i was very gifted but i wasn't developing myself the way that i should have in my early years um and that came back to bite me i had to figure out more of the how um, along the way. And, and so you learn things, um, you know, bits of wisdom through your failures, um, and through your challenges. Now you also brought up, um, you know, this, this aspect of, of moving at a, at a, not necessarily a slower pace, but more methodically, it reminds me of the poster that Greg Popovich has on the Spurs locker room, which talks about, uh, the, the miner, the guy who's, who's hitting a rock with a pickaxe. Um, and he, he does it hundreds of times 
And, you know, without seeing any sign of change whatsoever, and until the final blow, and it's not the final blow that caused it to happen, it's the hundreds before, but you just got to keep going. And it doesn't matter if you see the result or not. If you're, if you're exercising the virtue, the results will come if you do not stop. You have to keep at it um, until you until you get that outcome that you want. So, absolutely. You know how many times I've heard. You know, you know it, it, what's the um, the book uh, the, the gold. You know, five feet from gold or ten feet from gold ah, or something like that. One of those two. People quit. You know the reason they they quit just before they're getting ready to be successful. And um, I just got a, a a very good sized contract. And I was laughing because um, it was actually eight years to the day mm. that I created Mastery Under Pressure, right? Oh, I'm an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> eight years to the day. And um, wow, you know, timing's a funny thing. But and at the same time, and at the same time, I also want to kind of, I have so much work that I have developed over those eight years that I'm so proud of. So absolutely you you have, and you've built everything that you've done has brought you to this point. And, uh, you know, in, in one short interview with me, you were able to unlock some fantastic, uh, realities for me to pull my, my own abilities to handle pressure, uh, together, which is awesome. And I, I thank you dearly for that. Um, and if people, you know, if you want to connect further with Tina, then of course, master under pressure, um, her website is a great great way to do that through the through the links um, as well in the, the show notes. Also, um, Tina, where can they reach out to you if they want to reach out personally? LinkedIn, Facebook, one of those? Uh, LinkedIn is best. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, or LinkedIn. Tina, Mastery Under Pressure. Um, and and, and uh, so go ahead and reach out to her via email as well. She's She suggested that. Um, and I, will, I would like to... Jackson. Jackson, I'll add one more thing. I also have a quiz. It's masteringunderpressure.net. And then people can kind of see where they are on the things that I teach. Perfect. Well, then definitely go go take the quiz. Go see um, how this, you know, where you end up in terms of being able to handle pressure yourself. I will um, provide one more tidbit of wisdom for everybody listening in. Um, May this serve you all, including Tina, which is uh, her story reminded me a lot of the E-Myth. It's, uh, I call that book the book that I regret, the only book I regret not reading the moment it hit my desk. It took me eight years too long to read it. And it talks about this experience that Tina had, that I've had, that almost every entrepreneur I know has had in terms of we hire people, um, not irresponsibly, but with what he calls delegation by abdication. And we don't learn enough about the roles in order to delegate responsibly. And therefore we end up with a result that doesn't quite make sense. Um, there we do have, and I don't promote this. We do have a two and a half hour webinar that I put together for marketing to help people understand all the different components of marketing, what to look for in the market, what to hire and why we do what we do. Um, and I wish more entrepreneurs would take the time to realize it's going to save them years as well as 20 to 30 different interviews um, if they were to go through and see exactly how the stuff works that they they don't want to know. But what it ultimately then frees you up to do is, is sit in your leadership chair um, and do it knowing that you finally learned what you need to learn to bring the right type of leaders to support you. Um, so 
Tina, this was amazing. Uh, thanks for thanks for teaching us uh, as much as you could in, the, in such a short time about working under pressure and overcoming the pressures that you face. Again, if uh, Vision Pros, as you come across the different pressures that that you face, if you do not have confidants on your side that can help you understand, not only understand that of course you need to overcome the pressure, but understand how to overcome the pressures and not only overcome them, but thrive through them, then uh, you definitely need to consider giving Tina a call, reaching out and saying, hey, do you think that you could help me in this situation or with these aspects? And uh, who knows, maybe your favorite and best relationship yet will form. Tina, thank you very much for being here, Vision Pros. You have a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you thank in the you, next show. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a Vision Pro yourself. I'll talk to you soon.